Hey, it's podcast producer Bobby Richards. And before we start, I want to ask you something. What mystery about growing your business are you still stuck trying to solve? Is your overhead out of control? Cash flow non-existent? Sales and marketing teams butting heads? Well, I'm excited to announce that additional episodes of the Business Made Simple podcast will start releasing every Tuesday starting April 20th, where you can get coached by Donald Miller. These new episodes are focused on helping you finally solve the mysteries keeping you from growing your business so you can finally make more money. For your chance to get coached by Don, submit your question now to businessmadesimple.com slash question. Again, these new episodes where you can get coached by Don will release every Tuesday starting April 20th inside the Business Made Simple podcast feed. So submit your question now for a chance to get coached by Donald Miller at businessmadesimple.com slash question. We can't wait to start solving some mysteries. Hello, Business Made Simple professionals. Welcome to the podcast that takes the mystery out of growing your business. This week, we're answering the questions, how and why should you write your story? We're joined by special guest, Allison Fallon, author of The Power of Writing It Down, who's helped hundreds of people find their voice, tell their stories, and share them with the world. Today, she'll walk you step-by-step on how you can write your story and the best way to tell it. So to get started, here is your host, Donald Miller, and co-hosts, Kula Callahan, and Dr. J.J. Peterson. You guys, we've talked a lot about helping your brand tell their story. We've talked a lot about inviting customers into a story. We're going to take a departure. <laughs> Allie Fallon is our guest. She helps people write their stories. She's a good friend of uh, mine and Betsy's. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about writing your story. Yes. What if every listener to this podcast chose to write their story? What would happen to them? It would be a beautiful thing. I think they would be I completely would be changed thing. by it. Yeah. People suddenly realize they're interesting. Yes. And imagine going through your life believing you were not interesting and then doing an exercise. And after that, believing you were interesting, it would change the way you interact at a dinner party. It would change the way you you bring your your energy that you bring every day. It would, you would probably upgrade the, 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 you know, the the sort of people they hang out with. (laughs) Yeah. You think that's true? Oh, hundred percent. I wish my grandpa would have written down his stories. Like my grandpa. Why do you say that? Well, he was a very meek man. If you just kind of on the surface, you would say he was a cement contractor and he did construction The stories we learned, especially after he died, of like the number of times he almost died. I mean, jumping out of an airplane and his parachute not opening. And he became a helicopter pilot at like 70 because he wanted to learn something new. Are you being serious? I'm dead serious, yeah. (laughs) Lived in Alaska. Did you fly with him? No, he crashed. He (laughs) crashed. He literally crashed. Almost died. Yeah, like there was all these things. Do you think he was being falsely humble or he didn't actually? He genuinely didn't. Man, I meet those people all the time. I really do. They don't think they're sitting there going, wait, wait, wait. You did what? And to watch then what his kids and grandkids have done because of the way he lived his life. But he still would say, no, uh, no, I, I'm just, no, I was just a construction guy and kind of be a little, a, a little embarrassed about it. And yeah. in reality, he was my hero. I wish he would have written. I think if he would have written down his stories and seen just how fascinating of a life he lived, I think he would have been, become a different person. That's incredible. Your, your grandma was similar, though. Oh, man. Because you told stories. This is not my an episode grandma. about your grandmother and grandfather have great stories, by the way. This is for the, for the they, they were probably friends wherever they are today. Yeah. My grandmother, my dad's mother, she moved to the States from Sweden when she was 13. And she died several years ago. And I didn't really get to know her on like a grandmother sort of level. She was very stoic, a woman of very few words. 
most of the time when we showed up at their house, she was in her smoking room, which was this <laughs> tiny little corridor in their home. Anyways, <laughs> in the home, they put a smoking room, velvet wall, so it smelled just like really long, elegant yeah, cigarettes. Like it's a one big velvet out right. ashtray yes, at that point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so none of us really got to know her. And it was a couple years ago, my dad and I were on a really long road trip. And I was like, I've never actually asked you how Mama and Papa, that's what I call my dad's parents, met. So he starts talking about how they met, and I'm just completely mind blown. Like it's, it literally feels like he's telling me a fake story about a couple that he watched on some Hallmark movie. Like it was insane. Like they what were, are the highlights? They both happened to get on the same train going from Gadsden, Alabama to LA. And at that time, the train ride was, I don't know, like 12 days or something like that. And my grandfather is literally walking from the cafe cart back to his room on the train and sees this woman and is just taken by her. And he was big into photography, so he goes up to her, strikes conversation. They grab a drink on the car, uh, on the cafe cart. He takes a couple photographs of her. They have classic, this, classic, uh, right? They have this like <laughs> cosmic connection on this tr like cross country train ride. Anyways, a month later, my grandfather takes the photo that he had taken of my grandmother when they were on the train, takes it to the Vicksburg local newspaper, gets them to print an article in the newspaper that says Dr. Austin Callahan engaged to Ivor Holst, which is my grandmother's name. Prints out the newspaper, puts it in an envelope, sends it to my grandmother as the engagement to her. So they had met one time on a train. <laughs> that is bold. Isn't that so bold? I told Betsy she had 30 days to break up with her boyfriend. I'm not <laughs> yes, kidding. I know. <laughs> she had 30. I'm going to call you in 30 days. I'm going to ask you out. If he's around, that's weird. We don't know who pays for dinner. I think it's, oh I think it's a kind thing to do to him. He's going to feel so awkward. <laughs> Got to get that up. He just one-up me. Oh, yeah, 100%. Time. And so my dad's telling me all these stories. I'm like, what in the world did they do with their lives? So come to find out, my aunt, before my grandmother passed away, got her to record her entire life story on like an old tape recorder. Had the whole thing transcribed. And so now I have the transcription of my grandmother's life story. And it is the most fascinating thing wow. on the planet. I mm. mean, I won't give away all the details because it is a dream of mine to actually turn it into a movie one day. Because it's just like, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Um, there was quite a few romantic... Um, interludes? Interludes with one Ernest Hemingway. Whoa! <laughs> Literally. I'm like, Dad, why have you never told me this? We're sitting on a gold mine. Anyways, all that to say, my gra my grandmother, I mean, in the very opening scene of her life story on tape says, my aunt's like, man, I haven't heard you talk about this stuff ever. And my grandmother goes, oh, honey, you know we Swedes don't talk. <laughs> so she just never told That's me stories. That's a great stories. title for the book. I know, yeah, it is a great title talk. for the book. But, you know, <laughs> I, when I think that. about if she had shared those stories, you know, maybe not the Ernest Hemingway part, but just about <laughs> her experience and her travel and the stuff that she was challenged by and all the stuff she overcame, if she shared that with just her family. I feel like it would have just created such a more almost sacred sense of connection you realize between you us. Come, when you share that stuff with your family, they realize they come from an interesting legacy. Totally, yes. And a meaningful yes, legacy. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing that, that I didn't even think of uh, until Al I talked to Allie that happens when you write your story is not just that you realize you're interesting, you also realize that you've changed. Yes. Totally. And somehow you memorialize the fact that you've changed, especially... Right. If you've done some bad things that you regret. Yes. Because you can deny that stuff all day long, and all you're doing is using your executive brain to cover up a bunch of mold in the walls. But I, I actually think the process of, of going through a process in which you write your story and you pull out what's interesting, you pull out what you need to, you know, I'm going to use an old Baptist word, what you need to repent of. Yeah. 
you know, you pull out that stuff and then you memorialize your own transformation or you redeem a, a tragedy. The whole point is your self-esteem just goes up. You yep. become a better person. Uh, and, th- and that's the point of my conversation with Allie today. Allie's helped a bunch of people do this and uh, she's got writeyourstory.com which helps people write their story and go through this process. But I, I'll say this, this is not about creating a good piece of literature or a screenplay. It's about processing your own stuff and not only your own crap, but your own gold, right? Yes, the stuff totally. that's happening to you that you're not acknowledging because your family needs that. Anyway, here's my conversation. Everybody's, everybody's ready. Here's my conversation with Allie Fallon. Allie, I've talked uh, at length on this podcast about how to clarify your brand story, how to invite customers into a story. We talked about it mostly from a business perspective. I wanted to bring you on because you and I had some interesting conversations recently about the power of just writing your own story that is as a person. And it's something that you've done for dozens of writers who, who actually publish books, but then you've also coached probably thousands now of, of people through writing their story. And I've got some ideas, and I'll share them in a second, but I'm wondering, what's the benefit to writing your story? Why should we all sit down and write our story at some point? I think the greatest benefit is when you write your story, you get to stand outside of it for a little bit, and you see yourself inside of your story from a very different perspective than you would as you're just living your life on a day-to-day basis. So this is the biggest benefit that I watch other people have and that I've also had from writing my own story is just seeing myself as the hero of my own story and seeing how interesting my story is, how remarkable I am as a character inside of it. And that's a really different experience than most of us have as we're just walking through our day-to-day life. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it works the way it works, but, um, you know, when I, when I sat down to write Blue Like Jazz or Scary Close would be another example, what I was really doing was reframing my life. You know, it can be very ambiguous. What's your life about? What's your story about? A lot of us don't know. But when you actually sit down to write your story, you're having to make decisions about what parts to put in and what parts to leave out. And it's not just what you're putting in the book and what you're leaving out. It's what you're putting in your mind. You've written a couple memoirs. I'm curious, just from your perspective, from, you know, the beginning of Traveling Light, for instance, by the time you finish writing that book, much less take the journey that you took... What did you see differently about your own life? Yeah, I mean, it's really similar to what I said a minute ago. I saw myself as the hero of my own story, which I say that what what I really mean when I say that is I saw myself as responsible and accountable to create the kind of life that I wanted to have. Well, kids, stop there, because that's that's the point of this whole interview. Writing about it helped you see it more clearly. Totally. And I mean, everybody's a different in terms of personality and temperament and stuff. But a lot of what I realize when I write about my own life is the ways that I'm holding back or really not taking ownership over my own life. Do you think you would have realized that or, or experienced all the growth and the results of growth if you hadn't sat down to write it down? No way. There's no way I could have seen that circumstance or any of the circumstances of my life so clearly. We just don't see our lives clearly when we're living inside of them. So, and, and actually... All of the data about writing that backs this up shows that what's really happening is you're rerouting neural pathways in your brain. So your brain has made meaning of stories for your whole life, and it's you know sort of compartmentalized that meaning into the more automated part of your brain. The, the meaning that you've made of those stories is just replaying itself over and over and over again in your life until you hit the pause button and you sit down and you look at those instances again, a second time, and ask yourself if the meaning you created 
uh, from them or of them is the meaning that you still want to keep carrying forward. And what we're really talking about is you rewrite the way you view yourself. Yes. There was, um, you know, before Betsy, there were two, three relationships where I, I really just wasn't, I was just not a good guy. I mean, I really wasn't. And, you know, it wasn't anything that's like, you know, immoral or anything. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about like just, I was just a jerk. I was codependent. I was wounded. I was jealous. I was incredibly threatened. And I said things that I, that to this day, I just shake my head. I go, how could I have said that? I'm not a bad person. Mm. And it was really, all of that guilt and labeling would be on me if I hadn't sat down to write Scary Close. And it's it's what I needed to do before I married Betsy. Because I wanted to close the story. I wanted to close the loop, if you will, the story loop on who I was. And the only way to do it is to say, here's who I was. I admit it. I was wrong. Here's what I've learned. Now I'm different. Yeah. There's something about memorializing and understanding and making sense of your transformation that doesn't quite happen until you actually you do memorialize it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I've had a very similar experience writing about my divorce. Yeah. The, the meaning I really wanted to make of my story after my divorce was there's no such thing as good guys. Good guys aren't really out there. Marriage isn't, you know, like. That's what the, the subconscious wanted to go victim and burn down the world. I'm taking it all with totally. me. Totally. <laughs> but I just, you know, I had you and Betsy in my sights and a, a handful of other couples close enough to me that I could see, wait a second, there really are happy married couples who don't fight all the time. And the relationships are, you know, really add a lot of value to their life. And I wanted to believe that so badly that as I wrote my story, I made the story mean that, that there was, there had to be another reason why this all happened to me. It wasn't just that all guys are bad guys. Because ultimately, if you experience a bad marriage and you get a divorce and then you say all men are bad and the world is, is, has no romance in it. Mm -hmm. And you start writing that down. It's that it's then that you realize this is a crappy perspective on life. You don't realize it. As you're living it. When I wrote the first draft of what's now Indestructible, which is the second memoir that I wrote, when I went back to go read the draft, I was so, like, disgusted is a really strong word, but that's how I felt about myself in that story because I was like, I don't want to be friends with this girl. I don't want to hang out with her. I don't want to be around her. She sounds kind of whiny. I need a new, <laughs> I need a new way to approach the story. And what I realized is the story question that I was using to drive the story was, how could this happen to me? How could he do this to me? And that's a really boring story question. You're blaming somebody else because what people want in the hero of a narrative is somebody who can overcome. And it, it becomes really obvious really quick when you're writing your story and complaining and have a chip on your shoulder and want to blame other people. You're not the hero. You're the victim. Yes. Exactly. The story is not about the victim because the victim is not interesting. So if you're playing the victim and you start writing your story, it becomes really obvious really quick. Yeah. You were given victim bait like mad. And by victim bait, I mean like legitimately you could have gone there yeah. and been everybody would have justified it. And you didn't take it. Yeah. You said, I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't like the way that tastes. I don't like what it's going to make me become. I'm not going to do it. Well, one thing I'll add to that is, uh, thank you for saying that, by the way. I, I feel like writing has been a lifeline for me, and it's part of what's kept me grounded and sane through some experiences in my life that I would rather not have had to experience. But I want to add to that, that it's not just writing down your story. It's also how you write down your story, because... You know, you can write as a sort of catharsis, like I did with the first draft of that story. But if you don't ever go back and rewrite, 
if you don't ever think through a narrative arc or think through, you know, positioning yourself as the hero in the story, if you don't do those things, then writing just solidifies the already negative neural pathways that you were laying down in your brain to begin with. So, wow. Okay. So we got to stop there. You know, you've got to do it the right way. You know, the people who, who I've spent time with, who actually spent a, a lot of time writing their story, they're just healthier, more well-adjusted people. I, I'm, I haven't met every memoir, so I don't know. But they're just healthier, well-adjusted people. Okay, so let's talk about wh- where we're going. Because I, I didn't mean to go here, but you and you and me and Matt and Betsy went on a vacation recently. We went, we spent time together mm-hmm. as two couples in Florida, at uh, floating around on a pontoon boat. It was really great. We came up with the idea, and you bought it. Writeyourstory.com, and there's kind of a framework that that you go through in order to write your story and figure out what is interesting. I want to transition into some of that right now and give people some practical tips. Yeah. One of the things that I believe is that if you want to boost your self-esteem by realizing that your story is actually interesting, there's one question, and it's this, what have you overcome? Yeah. If you want to elaborate on it, what have you overcome in order to transform into X? I grew up in a family that, you know, we were taught, we weren't taught, but it was indirect. Like, you don't go to college. That's what rich people do. You know, you don't, you're not going to have an impact. But inside myself, I believe, no, there's something in me that says I'm going to have an impact. Now, my, my, my mother would roll over in her grave. She heard me say that because she did a lot to teach me that you can have an impact. Uh, but it's, it's my own insecurities that believe that, right? And I overcame, you know, pretty much a terrible grades in high school, poverty, all the, all the kind of stuff to write a bunch of best-selling books and realize that I could have a voice. And I think I can see that transformation clearly because I've written about it, right? I've written about it. Yeah. So one question that everybody listening that you, you would want to sit down and ask is, what have you overcome in order to become what? And you, if you can really answer that question, it takes some meditative thought. By the way, the question you can ask yourself 20 different times and come up with 20 different really beautiful answers. That each could be a chapter in a book if you wanted to. I'm curious about you, though, because you've worked with so many writers to help them tell their story. What is something that you try to pull out of them to realize their story is actually interesting? Well, what's fascinating is a lot of people, most of us don't think our stories are all that interesting. And when you get people talking, I've yet to meet a person whose story is not interesting. Clients will say to me, they'll be like, do you ever do this and find, you know, someone just really isn't that interesting or really doesn't have anything to say? And the honest truth is no. I've done this with thousands of people and I've never sat down with someone and said like, oh, you really have nothing interesting to talk about. Nothing interesting has happened to you. It's just a matter of digging underneath the everyday things that we get so focused on that we think, well, my life is pretty boring. I don't have a lot going on. Everybody, just like you're talking about, has overcome something incredible in order to transform in some really remarkable way. So the first step is just getting people to that. But one of the first things that I do when I sit down with someone is start to talk with them about that transformation. So, you know, first you have to kind of hone in on like, what's the story that you're trying to tell? Because another big misconception people have about writing their story is they think like we have one life story. Yeah, no, it's not true. Yeah, that's a huge point, Allie. It's, you know, that's the hardest thing about writing your story is you've got a million of them and you've got to leave 999,000 of them out. Yeah. So you have to pick one story that you really want to write about. And then it's about honing in on the transformation that the hero made in that one story. And this actually, interestingly enough, is how you shape a book 
whether you're writing a content-driven book that's like, you know, a cookbook or a how-to book, or you're writing a story-driven book that would be more like a memoir or fiction, um, either way, you you write, you write shape the book around the transformation. But with a, a memoir or a personal story, you're going to shape that story around the transformation of you, the hero that you're writing about. So you pick the story that you want to write. And then we spend most of, if I'm spending a day with someone, for example, to outline their story, we'll spend the first two hours of the day just uh, nailing down what the transformation is that the hero in that story made. So well, are you, what sort of questions are you asking? I'm really curious. Like, how do you, you know, if you do you just say, how have you transformed or how are you different now than you used to be? What do you do? I mean, we talk about at the beginning of the story, what did they want that they couldn't have? This is all stuff I've learned from you. I mean, that's the framework that you use for story brand. Well, but you did, you did something with our black owned business cohort. I had Allie come to yeah. our black owned business cohort. Half our group, you know, wanted to write their story, but you, you walked them through the before and after. Can you walk people, yeah. just, just walk our listeners through that exercise? Cause I mean, we were all like, holding back tears and it was really a beautiful yeah, thing. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Walk us through that. So you walk into a room like that, right? And none of us know each other. Well, and they might know each other better. I don't know anyone in the room and you know, we know each other maybe on a surface level. And then you start individually having someone draw a table on, on the whiteboard. So you've just got like, you know, uh, just like a before and after picture. And in the before picture, we say like, before you went through any of this, before this story happened, Tell me about yourself. So talk about, yeah, everybody's talking about their childhood. So Kirby Miller is part of this Black-owned business cohort, and she's a cook, among many other things. She makes this delicious popcorn that she brought into the meeting with us. Yeah, Kanimi Kitchen. We've given away a ton of her popcorn. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So like the best popcorn I've ever tasted. But um, she is working on a cookbook. But when we sat down to you know, talk about her book, we've got to start with her personal story. And so I started asking her questions about, you know, b before she understood what she understands now about bringing people together around a table, what was her life like? And she starts telling me about her childhood and about her mom. And I said, what were, what was something that you wanted that you couldn't have? And we write that down. And then we talk about like, what were some of the frustrations that were getting in your way? What were you passionate about? What keeps you up at night? What wakes you up in the morning? So sort of like getting yourself in the mindset of the hero of that story then we fast forward to the very end of the story, whatever the climax would look like. So the resolution to the story. And then I ask her the same questions, you know, like uh, uh, how have those things resolved? So if you were experiencing anxiety before, how has that resolved? And we fill out the second side of that table. And just like you mentioned, Don, it's so incredible, remarkable, amazing to watch someone have these epiphanies and realizations about their own story that, you know, some of the really like unthinkable tragedies that Kirby had to live through the way that she's found resolution for these through her own story. Hey, there was somebody else in our group who I said to them, because I, I know them, when she was describing the before picture when she was a child, she's unrecognizable. She's somebody who, who really didn't believe that her voice mattered and was really taught mm -hmm. early on, you know, hey, be a little quiet because we, we got a lot going on. And now she's somebody who speaks up as I said that to her, I said, you know, I've just gotten to know you over the last few months, but the person you're describing as a kid is unrecognizable to me. You could tell she suddenly realized, oh, I'm not that kid. Yes. And that, to me, that's a huge paradigm shift that is so helpful. I'm not who I used to be. Yes. And I'm somebody different. And some, there's something about writing it down 
I'll say most of us don't ever even take the time to reflect on our personal stories that way. If you've been to therapy, you know, you've gone to see a therapist, gone to see a therapist, or you've been to onsite or something, you may have reflected on your story that way. And that's a great step. Like what happened in that room that day is such an amazing step to see someone's kind of zoom out and see themselves as the hero of the story and see the resolution in a new way. But then when you actually pick up the pen and start writing, it takes you to a different place in your brain than we spent, than we're, we're usually accessing on a day-to-day basis. And it solidifies, just like you were talking about, Don. It's like it closes the loop and solidifies and seals the story, the, the new meaning of the story, the where you're the hero and you've overcome these incredible, these you know, impossible obstacles. And um it it almost like it takes, it's almost like it takes the healing to a new level. I think what's gonna happen, of course, is everybody's gonna sit down after listening to this podcast and stare at a blinking cursor, wondering how to write their story. And uh, you've actually put together a worksheet that I think is very helpful. I, I think it's better than therapy. I mean, I'm not kidding. If I, if I look at my life and say, how did I go from that poor kid to somebody who's, who's been able to accomplish a little bit and, and have an impact in life? It's all about the hours and hours and hours spent writing my story, but not, this is a big point you've made, not just freewheeling it, actually having a structure in which you're taking scenes from your life and dropping them into categories in a certain order that make you realize your life is interesting, you have overcome much, and you're better than you used to be. Uh, can you give us a little, just a little snippet? What's what's inside the worksheet? Yeah, it asked a set of questions that are predictable questions that help people unpack their story. So I've put together this worksheet that asks you those questions. And then there's five videos that follow the worksheet that help you answer some of the questions too. So just give you a little bit more food for thought. The goal with this is really just to make it as simple as possible because I know writing can be really intimidating for people. Even people who I've worked with over the years who have sold you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of copies of their books will say, I'm not a real writer. This wasn't really what I was supposed to be doing. I kind of stumbled <laughs> yeah. into this by accident. And so I just know people resist claiming that title of writer. They resist entering into the writing practice because they think it'll be difficult. And I wanted people to see that it can actually be quite easy. All right. So if you go to writeyourstory.com, you can see all that work that Allie has done. And she's got the worksheet and some videos that will help you do it. It's Is it free? It's free, right? It's free. Very good. And then Allie has a business that she helps people write books. Uh, she does a book in a day workshop. There's all sorts of stuff that Allie does. Uh, but to me, this is the most exciting thing I've heard in yeah. a long time. And I'm glad to know the person who's bringing it to life. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me on. Our StoryBrain certified guides are the best marketers in the world and know how to get your business a huge return. For this week's Marketing Minute tip, our very own StoryBrain marketing guru, Dr. JJ Peterson, talks with StoryBrain certified guide, Torlando Hakes. Your client is a membership-based business, but was running into a really serious problem. What was that problem? Well, they were losing membership, which is critical, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why was that? Well, JJ, they didn't have a clear call to action to help people become members. So the big thing was just making it so clear on what we want them to do, which is to click that become a member button on their website. And so what did you do in order to fix that? And what was ultimately the result? Well, the big thing was helping them to understand exactly what their value offer was 
and more than anything, calling the customer to action to actually do the thing, to actually join. Membership has been increasing. They've been hitting their goals. They, they wanted to hit about 34 members a month. They've been doing that. Oh, I love that so much. So for everybody listening, this week's Marketing Minute tip comes down to this. You need to have a clear call to action on your website that tells people exactly how they can buy from you and you need to make it easy. If you don't have clear calls to action, then you need to hire a StoryBrand certified guide like Torlando Hakes today at marketingmadesimple.com. The key here is, of course, that uh, you are in control of how you see your life and you are the one who has decided what you have overcome. You are the one who decides what you uh, ask forgiveness for, even repent of and change. You are the one responsible for your transformation. Writing my story has been one of the greatest gifts that has ever been given to me. Uh, I don't wake up wondering who I am. Uh, I don't wake up wondering what my past has meant. I don't wake up wondering if I can accomplish something difficult or overcome a challenge. Uh, Those things have been done uh, really by all of us, but it was sitting down to thoughtfully memorialize uh, that life story that really cemented it in my brain and gave me a stronger identity. If you have not written your story, I I highly recommend you do so. And also, if you have kids, teach them to sit down and frame what has happened to them so that they understand what they have overcome and they can accept that transformation, that new identity of a stronger person. It is a great habit to sit down and memorialize our lives. I hope you do so. I'm so grateful that Allie joined us today, and I'm so grateful that you joined us. Thanks for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we take the mystery out of business and today take a little bit of the mystery out of life. We can't wait to have you back next week. If you want to become a Business Made Simple professional, sign up for Pro Access at businessmadesimple.com and get all our online courses, plus access to live coaching sessions with Donald Miller every month. Go pro at businessmadesimple.com.